On this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, I continue my conversation with Christine Barber, the team leader for the CMF Global Scope Campus Ministry in Nottingham, England. On this episode, we focus in on leadership and Christine's personal leadership philosophy. We talk through team values and the importance as a leader to create space for trust and vulnerability within your team. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to the Fellowship. Well, as you transition from your first term of being a teammate to then being a team leader in your second you know, term, your second location in Nottingham, what have been some of your, like, your big takeaways from that change, that transition of being a teammate to being a leader? Um, have you liked being a leader? Uh, you know, and then, and could you ever go back to just being a teammate? <laughs> Would be great ways maybe to segue that that big question. So I have really enjoyed being a team leader. Okay. I had some leadership experience prior to working at Canvas, um, just like in high school and mm-hmm. college and jobs that I had. And so that was, I guess, kind of what my previous experience had been. And then I really learned a lot from Derek's leadership in Birmingham. We're very different mm-hmm. um, types of leaders. The way we lead is is completely different in a lot of ways to one another. And wow. so it was helpful to come alongside him and support him in his leadership. Like that's the whole thing about team is like, you're in this together. Like you contribute your part Mm -hmm. to, um, to the, to the team. And then that is what creates this unit. And so I think I I learned a lot. And then I also, you know, made note in those years of things I would do differently Mm-hmm. And would not you just, literally physically like write some notes down journal or just like you had some mental uh, memory pegs that you could come back to or remember? Yeah, more like memory pegs. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't just from Derek's leadership, but like I had been an exchange student with Robert as team leader. Mm-hmm. I had joined the team with Josh as team leader and I had seen Derek be the team leader. So yeah. I had three different people and there were like different similarities that I could point out Mm -hmm. in the way they led or the way the team functioned under their leadership that I was like, Hmm, I would do that differently. Um, and so, or like, Oh, I think this would be a valuable thing to add to a team or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it was really awesome to have the opportunity to get to put some of those things into practice Mm -hmm. myself, um, in leading the Nottingham team and, it has definitely been a a growing experience mm-hmm. in um, in leading this team and leading different kinds of people and mm-hmm. yeah. It's so then, really what would be some, I guess, key leadership principles or some things that you would say have have marked your now? It's, it's going on four years as being a team leader. Is that correct? So what would be some ways that you would say, this is becoming me, uh, this is my leadership style? 
So something that I think is really important is it's not the way that our team dynamic works. It's not like all up to me. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of teams can function that way where it's like the team leader has the final say and the team leader is like making the decisions and the team leader is responsible for X, Y, and Z. And the way that I like to lead personally is my job is to facilitate like every person's participation in the team. So in conversation, in decision making, uh, in carrying the load Mm and asking for help in whatever it may be, I think like everyone has a valuable role to play and their role is not any less than my role. Like all of our role is equal. I just have like a, a, a different title to the role that I play, but like each person is equal, should be equally responsible for what's going on and for the other teammates and for team care and all of those things. So that's something that I think is that I have decided for me in my leadership is really important. So tactically, how does that look uh, during the week with your team? Like you sit down on Monday mornings for your team meetings are you acting almost more like the gatekeeper uh, during your times where you're going to pointedly ask people to share, give feedback on Thursday night's event or things that are going on? Or do, do you see what I'm saying? Or do you, do you kind of like just let things happen organically? Do you, are you intentional in, in making sure each voice is heard or do you organically just let your team kind of function during meetings on Mondays as you're planning and, and thinking through and reviewing things? So on Monday specifically, I do lead that team meeting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm facilitating the conversation and the whole thing. Sometimes like different, I ask different people to lead different sections of mm-hmm. the meeting. Um, it kind of depends. I think a way in which each person, you know, carries the load or whatever for mm-hmm. our team is like typically, especially in those first few years, you know, a teammate would identify a problem and then they come to me because I'm the team leader and the team leader fixes the problems. Uh-huh. And so I would say like, what do you think? You know, mm-hmm. like, and I would have a conversation about like, I don't think that it's my job to fix all the problems. Mm-hmm. I think it's just as much your job to fix this problem. And I think you're qualified to fix this problem as well. And so like, let's have a conversation about it. And then yeah. you do something uh-huh. about it. Uh, that's, so empow- kind of- that's empowerment model. You know, you're empowering them to, you're walking through maybe to them to, towards some solutions to a problem they're wrestling with, but you're asking them to, to take up the, the work of making that solution happen or mm-hmm. engaging with that person that they're having a conflict with. Uh, that's powerful. Yeah. Also when I was on sabbatical this mm-hmm. past semester, we didn't have a team leader because I was gone and mm-hmm. I didn't pick anyone to be team leader. Each person had their things that they needed to lead the team in. And so like in that, it's like, I think not being team leader can sometimes like limit people's capabilities. Cause it's like, Oh, well that's not my role or like, Oh, somebody else is going to do that or whatever. But like, I think I want to reinforce like, Oh no, you have the ability to like, grow in this area or take ownership in this area or, um, you know, speak into this person or whatever. It's like, you, you can do it. You don't need to wait for somebody else to do it. Like you have the, the capability. 
I think that's definitely a mark of why uh, I and others view you as such a quality leader uh, is that you, as a leader, notice areas of growth and leadership potential within others and, and there are ways that they can grow. And you really are seeking to empower uh, your teammates to be leaders in their own areas. So that's the best kind of leader to have uh, within CMF. And I'm grateful that you're, you're modeling that, not just for your team, uh, but for us as an organization. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, Thanks, yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple of things too, I think that probably are unique to your team um, that are different than Church Catalyst, but maybe even some other Global Scope teams is things like your Friday team brunches uh, and even your focus as a team on vulnerability. Um, are those two things that kind of have the Christine Barber stamp on them? Like you brought those from your experience in Nottingham, uh, Birmingham and said it went going to Nottingham. I want to have these as a part of our, our rhythm of ministry. Eating brunch together was definitely a, something we did in Birmingham. So that was, I mean, when you have to make a million decisions initially yeah. of like creating the ministry, it's like, sometimes it's easy to start with like what you already know and then modify it mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. And so that was one that was like easy. We'll meet and have brunch together everyone loves to eat a good breakfast yeah, yeah. and at the end of the week. And, um, and yeah, I've, I definitely have learned more and more about vulnerability. I would say since time in Birmingham, not like necessarily through, um, the team or anything there, mm -hmm. but, um, I started reading a lot of Brene Brown, uh, back when I was in Birmingham. And that's kind of when I was, exposed, I think, to mm -hmm. this idea of vulnerability. And um, so, yeah, ever since the team started, like we had team brunches together and being honest and open and vulnerable and talking about the hard things and being real with each other was like standard from mm -hmm. the get go. It was like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Well, you know, and I asked a minute ago about like the tactical aspect of like your Monday morning meetings. And would you say that Monday mornings actually tend to be more details, strategy, planning, and then the organic piece plays out then on the Friday brunches after you've had your Thursday event, you guys have been out late, uh, putting on your program, connecting with students, the, the organic piece plays out on Friday. Is that maybe a better picture of it? Of even, yeah, and even within your leadership style, you're like Monday. We're going to tackle these things. We're going to do a lot of the planning. And then Friday, we're going to unpack unpack it all. <laughs> yep. Monday mornings, we have like an agenda. We have like what, how much time we're going to spend discussing and making decisions about certain topics. It's very organized. And then on Friday, it's like sometimes it's just like we ask the question like, "How are you?" and like everyone responds, and people ask follow up questions and you know, during brunch, it's like when we're eating, it's just, we literally talk about the most random stuff. Um, but then we like go from sitting at the table to sitting on sofas. That's mm -hmm. when the transition happens, hey, we yeah. refill our coffee cups. Um, and then that's when it's like, okay, it's time to check in. Like mm -hmm. we may, especially now, like we're all working from home a lot of the time with lockdown and stuff. And so it's like a great opportunity for us to like, look at each other, in the eyes and be like, tell me how you are, what's good, what's mm -hmm. bad, what's affecting you, 
so that I can meet you where you are. Yeah. And has, have you guys gone to the same brunch place at the same time for years now? So we actually cook brunch. Okay, um, we make brunch. take turns. Yep. Cooking. We, uh, used to rotate through different people's houses, um, mm -hmm. which was really nice. And now we cook at the canvas house every week. Okay. But you got the doors locked, windows shuttered, so students can't come in. Yeah. <laughs> I love that that idea too, though, that you like you're eating, you're hanging out, you're just connecting. And then there's a there's an, a very obvious transition time. Uh and the physical change of moving from the table to the couch uh really represents that. Um I have heard a lot recently about the importance of changing location to change perspective. When you think about your leadership style, you mentioned Brene Brown. Is there a particular book uh, that you would recommend to someone who's maybe exploring becoming a leader uh, or putting forming a team? Uh, or are there some other authors that have been influential uh, in, in your leadership journey now uh, as a Global Scope uh, campus minister that you would recommend to somebody else that's maybe getting ready to step into a role like you? I think everything Brene has written right. is really helpful. Um, and I say that having read it, um, yeah. like starting with gifts, gifts of imperfection, I think, um, you know, so much of our experience of vulnerability, like how comfortable I am is going to affect, I think, another person's yeah. vulnerability with me. And so like, if we're in this like relational situation all the time with our teammates, with our friends, with our family, with our students, you know, like that real honest connection of like sh somebody feeling comfortable to show up, not knowing how you're going to respond, I think is so important. Um, so I definitely admit she also has podcasts. You can listen to her. She's mm -hmm. just, I think, really wise. Um, yeah. Somebody else is um, the guy who wrote five dysfunctions of a team. Oh, His name uh, is like Patrick Lencioni. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, we have revisited that book like time and time and time again mm -hmm. um, on our teams just because it is it's like kind of basic, um, but yeah. so foundational. Like if you don't have trust, you're not going to be able to build anything beyond that. And so with each new teammate who comes on the team or each person who leaves, like the team dynamic changes and like, mm -hmm. you kind of need to go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. And so that is a book that I did get introduced to when I was on the team in Birmingham that I have gone back to over and over. Uh, and you have the joy of getting ready to have new teammates joining you uh, there in Nottingham. So that's very exciting, but I'm guessing that's going to be a book that you're going to be, walking them through, or you guys are going to be reading as a team now that you're in the coming months, uh, you get, you're adding on. So five dysfunctions of a team is going to be, be one of those, huh? Mm -hmm, definitely. We yeah. have made it part of our integration, um, okay. kind of checklist to, yeah. to go through some of that. What does integration look like for teammates? So is it some, some readings, some videos, uh, some specific conversations? So this is the first time we've really done it. We just okay. had Alicia join our team. And so you'll have to ask her <laughs> what she <laughs> thought of it. Um, yeah. But we just created 
documents on different topics that mm -hmm. whether it be like how to do this logistical thing or things that are more like team focused or vulnerability or conflict or whatever. Yeah. And then um, there's a person on the team who's kind of like the point person. So they meet with whoever's integrating each week. And then also each other teammate took on different topics and would, you know, meet with the team, the new person like Alicia, yeah. walk through the information, cover any questions and um, that kind of thing. So it's a lot of like, just like there's so much information, you know, right. after four years of ministry that has um, you know, developed our team culture and mm -hmm. created Canvas. And so it's just trying to download as mm -hmm. clear and succinctly as possible. Like, okay, this is what's important. This is what matters. This is what's unique about who we are and what we do and um, try to catch them up to speed a little bit. History of Canvas, we do, we cover that. So these are kind of like the big things that have taken place over our time of ministry. Well, I really love too that you you didn't just say, "Hey, I'm the leader. I got to walk Alicia and all new teammates through it." That again, you're empowering your teammates to each take that that role on, and that in order for them to be to for you guys to be a highly functioning team, they need to do their role of leading uh, these new teammates through things. So again, uh, that's that's a pretty cool model to see playing out. I'm pretty sure I learned that the hard way um, because <laughs> originally like there, I didn't have trust and confidence in my new mm -hmm. teammates, like when the team yeah. was first establishing. So it was like every time somebody came, it's like, they're my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I, it is all up to me, you know? And so yeah. there have, it has been a, a process of figuring out like, no, every, like I can invite everyone. It, mm -hmm. Anything that I can invite other people into, it's going to be better. Mm -hmm. Any decision making, any collaboration, any dreaming, any anything like it. I am going to be better if my team is involved. And so this is one of my teams involved. I'm going to be better if there are more people involved in the decision making process. Uh, it, you come out with a better decision in the end, a better product, you feel like. Yeah, definitely. And then you put th them in a position, your teammate in a position where they're going to really tap into their gifts and talents and, and you, you see the value that mm -hmm. is in them that is not in you, you know, mm -hmm. and then you're like really getting access to like all of the good that can come yeah. from your team. If yeah. you leave it all up to you, it's so much pressure mm -hmm. and you end up with a worse result. And so mm -hmm. it's like a lose, lose situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I and have you definitely, felt like you had to learn that the hard way a little bit. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like there's, there have definitely been times where I've still been like, oh, this specific thing though, like I'll take that on. Mm -hmm. um, but realizing like, no, that in hindsight, not even, that was not the exception to the rule. Um, that is inclusive in the, the teamwork. Well, so much wisdom and insight. I, I want to ask the question, but you're already doing it for me. And that is to say like, what little gems of advice would you give to, so I asked about the books, like what books would you suggest? You said the gifts of imperfection, five dysfunctions of a team, but now what word of advice would you give to someone that's getting ready to become a new team leader? Or maybe if you could speak to leadership in general, even what would be some areas that you would say, Hey, this, this could be some areas where you've grown, you've learned uh, some advice that you could give. So I would definitely say one would be that you are better together. 
So utilizing and like your job as a leader is to leverage the gifts and talents and abilities of your teammates. So giving them opportunities to take risk, to try new things, to step into new roles, like that is your job to encourage them, empower them to like grow. Um, I definitely think that's one of them. Um, also I think as a leader, you have to know your people. So like it's your job to create a safe space where people feel like they can show up authentically and be the most true version of themselves. Mm. And I think, you know, setting standards, like for us, like unresolved conflict is not allowed on our team. Mm. Like it's just, it's not. So we regularly check in, like accountability plays a huge role in that. And just asking one another, you know, periodically, is there unresolved conflict? And then encouraging one another to, you know, take the necessary steps to, you know, continue. Like you're going to have things where you disagree on the team, obviously. And disagreeing is fine. You can still love people. But there are certain things that happen that fracture relationships and Mm -hmm. those need to be tended to. Mm -hmm. And so it's so much easier when it's a one-on-one situation and nobody else knows about it. Just sweep it under the rug and like not do anything about it. But then that adds up. And then it's a lot of crap under that rug Mm -hmm. over time. And so there's more, it it kind of bulges. Yeah, it's a problem. It's, it becomes like unavoidable uh, down the line. And so that's going to really negatively affect your team dynamic. So like, if you don't know personally what's going on with your team and if each other on the team are not right with one another, like I just, the, excuse me, the relationship is so important. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like, you're creating this space, this environment, you're prioritizing certain things where those relationships can thrive. Um, because like that your those relationships are what you're going to build the other relationships on. Yeah. Wow, man, Christine, that's, those are some serious points of, uh, leadership wisdom. I feel like <laughs> we're setting you up for a book, your own book. You're going to be the next Brene Brown. Uh, it's such good stuff. I hope you were challenged just as much as I was by Christine's model of leadership and the intentionality with which she leads her team. I love the idea of finding time in team meetings to physically change locations to communicate to one another a change in the focus for the time. And Christine is so on point in recognizing that we are better together with a myriad of voices speaking into a situation and doing some problem solving. And that the job of a leader is to leverage the gifts, talents, and abilities of your teammates. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fellowship Podcast. Now, get out there and connect with what God is doing in the world around you.